Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and Magic the Gathering. On this episode, I'm going to call this my Olympic episode. You're going to find out in a little bit why. I'm going to be also talking about two bannings that happened and the nonsense that's going on at Amazon. Come on, guys. And then finally, the shout-out section, where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. Are you excited? I know I am. Let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, Dwight, a.k.a. D. Blanco, a swami that likes to eat a lot of salami. Okay, that just made me happy. I just started giggling. I'm sorry I had to change it up this week. Listen, if you want to follow this guy, okay, you can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm. Please follow. I would humbly appreciate it. And then mtg ectoplasm at gmail.com where you can email me directly and then mtg ectoplasm.com that's right i got my own personal website where i post the latest and greatest episodes and if you want to donate to the show please i'm asking you my equipment's failing over here please you can do that there or if you are a small business or just say hey i I just want to sponsor your show because i enjoy it you can do that there So, ladies and gentlemen, before I begin this episode, wherever you're streaming, okay, and listening to my show, guess what? There's a like, a follow, subscribe button. There's something there. Hit it for me. The show's free. It's not costing you nothing. And free is good, right? I like free. Free's great. So, do me a favor. Hit that button for me. I personally would appreciate it. Now, let me begin by saying uh, I've been looking at my analytics and holy crap, you guys have been telling your friends and I I appreciate it. Keep on telling more people. I want I want my I want the show to hit nonsensical levels. I want to be able realistically. Do I think I'll ever reach the level of of MTG Goldfish or Talarian Academy or uh, some of the others that are in the industry? I hope so. Okay, I have high hopes. Well, showing my analytics, let me just say to the people in Brazil, obrigado por vir. You guys have been listening. Oh, my God. You guys have been telling each other about this show, and let me just tell you, thank you. Obrigado por vir. And if I'm saying it wrong, then I blame Google Translate. Okay? So... I'm sorry, my dog is bothering me right now. She's like, give me some love and kisses. Give me some attention and affection. Okay, you happy there? Okay, good dog. Now, you're going to go, Dwight, you're calling this your Olympic edition. Well, this is my wife's idea. She was like, you know what? The Olympics are happening on Friday. What happens is the, the opening ceremonies, and this is where the world stops doing its stupid stuff. We say let's do some peace and play some games and see 
who can sit there and be the best athletes in their particular particular technical field. And I was like, you know what? That's a cool idea. So the wife and I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, how what how do I put an episode together about the Olympics? And she goes, well, the Olympics were based in Greece, so what don't you do about the gods, the Greek gods? And I'm like, you know, you know, sweetheart, you know, that's not a bad idea there. Greek gods, I like that. You know, we in in the world of magic together, we we have Theros, which is Greeky, you know, and they got some gods there, you know, Heliod being in white, Thassa being blue, Eberos in black, uh, Perforos in red, and then Nyla in green, and then you have your mixed colors also in there. But, you know, the standard, because the fact that if you look at the Olympic flag, it's a field of white, a red ring, a black ring, a blue ring, a yellow ring, and a green ring, right? So for those who don't know what that means, and I, I know this is going to shock many Americans, uh, it represents the five continents of the world. I know many of us here in the United States, we've been taught there's seven, but in the rest of the world, there's five continents. They do not count Antarctica because Antarctica is nothing more than a giant ice island. That's, I guess that's what is presumed. And then America. They don't chop up North and South America. It's just America. So when we say United States of America, I guess they mean the entire Western Hemisphere. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. But, you know, you know, I'm getting sidetracked. So... <clears throat> That, that's what was, that's, you know, so she was like, okay, we got to do something there. And I'm thinking more and more, okay, what can I do to make this Olympic-y? Do I play the Olympic music? Do I share that my grandfather actually ran in the Olympics in 1936 in Germany? He actually did. He was in the marathon. Can you make 44th place? Yay, granddad. Um, but no, uh, that's not what I'm going to do, even though, you know, I, one thing I do love about the Olympics is that you get to watch certain cultures out there that you, you're not privy to. Or you have historic, you know, past uh, family ties to. So, like I, like I said about my grandfather, I, my great-grandfather, I found out that he's Mongolian. I know that my, my great-grandfather is uh, uh, Portuguese. That my grandmother is from Milan, Italy. Both of my parents are from Latin America. Well, my mother from Colombia and my father from Peru. And I'm born in the Grand Ole USA. So, you know, my, my family loves to travel. You know, if I have a child, God knows, I, he may be, I don't know, Jamaican. We haven't decided. Hold on, I got to yell, yell at my dog. Sorry, anytime the garbage man comes around, she starts flipping out. So... So going on, it's like, okay, where do we go with this, Dwight? Okay, you've been jammering, yammering, talking about the Olympics here. And you're excited and the wife's excited. How do we get to the Olympics? And I looked at those Olympic rings and it, the epiphany hit. It was lightning striking my spine and it went up and hit my synapses in my brain. And it said, modern's best zero in alternative cost cards. I'm going to do an episode of the five best 
zero and alternate alternate cost cards in modern what do you guys think makes sense little zero five rings you're you're not paying many any mana for it bravo you know congratulations to my wife for thinking outside the box that's why i married her right all all men should marry women that are complete opposites of them makes you a better person so now in segment one i'm gonna bring this down and i decided i'm gonna break this down per card and i'm gonna tell you why i think these are the top cards zero mana cost or alternative costs in modern right now at the number five spot i chose mishra's bauble a zero mana cost artifact now this card okay if you tap it and sacrifice it you look at the top card of target opponent's library draw a card at the beginning of next next turn's upkeep it's not a bad card it basically replaces itself you know do you want to thin out your deck but there you go plus you get to look at what's going on in your opponent and you draw a card for zero mana how can you go wrong with that right you really can't go wrong and this is what's being used in a lot of artifact decks and also especially in jund because what's going on with loris oh you know what loris i put it into play guess what i'm constantly doing this over and over and over again and what's the drawback none because i can play it at every turn okay this is one of the particular cards that actually i expect in the next year to potentially be banned banned i was like right now the way it looks with ragavan and and the uh, uh, mishra's uh sorry no uh urza saga i thought they would be banned in the you know first two three weeks wow i i 100 wrong but this card here this is a lot of shenanigans with loris and this is one card that you know what if you didn't get your play set before pobrecito this is about a 20 dollar card right now so that's what i have to say about mishra's bobble now at the number four spot i chose I chose what the hell my paperwork's here all wrong. I chose uh, the incarnation elementals. That's right, those pesky little elementals from Modern Horizons two. I selected them. I, I I said the whole crew. I was actually gonna. I was thinking about maybe I just do the episode on this for my Olympic edition. There's a lot of stuff to go here, but you know i wanted to do more and at the same time you're going to go hold on dwight you got mistress bobble at five and you got elementals at number four these elementals are badass these things are great they're the most expensive ones like 30 bucks right now uh as we speak and this is number four well the reason why the, these cards are number four okay i'm going to give you the negative and then i'm going to go with the positive the negative with this are these cards do not give you the victory the, these are set up to the victory these are cards that work around to assist to get you where you want to go it is not the key card the end all be yard it's not the the one card that says 
victory is here, victory is hand, and congratulations. No, 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 no. That's not what these cards are. These are stepping stones to get there. And unfortunately, due to this, there's a huge drawback. And the huge drawback for this is the fact that it's card disadvantage. If you're going to use these cards, more than likely, you're not going to pay the full mana cost. That's nonsensical. That's stupid. That's silly. The whole point of these things is to sit there and pay the alternative casting cost. Okay? And realistically, I just saw Andre Seguera, the spirit master, a friend of the show, he he decided, you know what, he was going to actually run an elemental struggle deck. I watched him play it, and let me just tell you, the deck is beautiful. I'm not telling anybody, listen, I want you to stay spirit tribal, okay? If you're listening to me, it's a great tribe. Do not give it up. It, it, they're great. They protect their own. But the interaction, if you love the internet interaction with spirits, man, the interaction with the elements, oh, I, I, I looked at my wife. I'm like, wow, that deck is pretty. Oh, my God. Like, I want to cheat. I want to cheat on my deck with that deck. I'm, be, I'm being honest. It was beautiful. And if, if you get a chance, Andre Seguera is going to post it eventually. You need to watch that episode, okay, on YouTube. Because, the, oh, my Lord, that's a beautiful. And the way he masterly played that to, a, uh, I believe, a 5-0 finish. Wow. Dear Lord, that was a beautiful. And the, oh, dude, so good. So good. Now you're going to go, well, hold on. Andre Seguera, the Spirit Master, where the hell is he playing Elementals, right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you, he's doing the right thing here. He's following in the foots of Shang-Chi, the art of war. Know yourself, you have 50% of your victory. Know your enemy, you know 50% of, you'll have 50% of victory. Know yourself and know your enemy, uh, victory is absolute. And basically, our, one of our enemies right now is the elemental tribe, right? Tribal elemental. We got to fight against these guys. And he's learning right now the good stuff about it, the bad stuff about it, where to come in, uh, to smash, what are the key cards to work around, what to counter, what not to counter, what to, what to get rid of. I'll tell you right now, one of the key cards in that deck, and I'm going to end up doing a future episode on that deck, Risen, Risen Reef, I'm telling you right now, Risen Reef is the truth in that deck. And thank God it's only three mana because we can get it hard with Skyclave Apparition. So let me get directly into... Directly into... These Incarnation Elementals. I'll start with Fury. Three generic and two red. Elemental Incarnation, three, three. And it has double strike. When Fury enters the battlefield, it deals four divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers to evoke that, exile a red card from your hand. Now, this is one of the cards that everybody poo-pooed. This was one that's like, oh, man, this thing is weak. It doesn't have flash. It doesn't do this. It, it's, it's, the mana cost is too high. Now, ladies and gentlemen, 
this this particular card is so stupid good. The reason why is if you hear, read it. Let me read this one segment again. It deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're running spirits here. Our toughness varies between one and three, and the typical number in spirits is one or two. So basically, with this card, they're destroying either four of our creatures, three of our creatures, and two of our creatures, unless we have a lord, then four of our creatures. That's tough. That's tough. You know, you know, that's why I say these don't give you the victory. They lead you there. Endurance. It's a generic into green elemental incarnation with flesh, reach, and it's a 3-4. When endurance enters the battlefield, up to one target player puts all the cards from their graveyard on the bottom of their library in a random order. This is tough against spirits too. And you're going to go, what? Come on, Toint. Come on. I'm going to explain. For three mana, they get a 3-4 with flash and reach. Last time I checked, majority of our spirits, they fly, right? And they're, like I said before, with Fury, our toughness isn't that tough. Right? You're like, well, okay, Dwight, you're just talking about the creature. How The ability has nothing to do with us. Well, if you're an Azorius player and you're playing Azorius spirits, I say nay, nay. I say no, no, sir. Estás equivocado. You are wrong. The reason why I said, let me re reread the section. When Endurance enters the battlefield, up to one target player puts all cards from their graveyard on the bottom of their library in a random order so what right you're like what, what? come on Dwight what are you talking about last time I checked ladies and gentlemen aren't we running Moreland Hunt aren't we running Moreland Hunt for the reason that they keep on destroying our creatures with fury or they keep on blocking with endurance oh guess what no Oh, that's right. All the creatures that I had in my graveyard that I can sit there and use for Moreland Hobbs. No more. Oh, but wait, that gives us an opportunity to get our creatures back. Hello, it's on the bottom of our library. Modern usually ends typically turn four. If you're playing against a fair deck, turn eight. And the last time I checked, there's 60 cards, and guess what? You draw seven of them in the beginning, so that leaves 53 total in the deck. Good luck. Good luck with that. Now I'm going to get to grief. Two generic, two black, elemental incarnation, has menace, and it's a 3-2. 
When grief enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand. That sucks. You may choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. You evoke it with one with sorry. You evoke it, exile a black card from your hand. So ladies and gentlemen, instead of losing life, okay, that you normally would do see in Thoughtseize. Oh no no no. You just have card disadvantage. Like I explained before. Just imagine. I just want you to play this in your head. Turn one they thought sees. Oh. They see that you're playing Bant. Oh, I'm going to just take away your, you know, mana producer. Oh, I have grief in my hand. You know what? I'm going to get rid of that ether vial. Or I'm going to get rid of that cocoa that you, you were hoping to end up using. Now you're now you're behind. Now you're really behind in the play. What do you do? And that right now, this right now, it, this particular card is being used left and right. All right, it's been used in. Uh, oh God, uh, I I I struggled with this card yesterday. Uh, it's it's with the uh, alum, uh equipments. It's Orzov, uh, shit, I forget what it's called. But this card is being used a lot. This is this is a card that, that basically gets you close to the victory. It gets you there, gets you near victory, and basically you're just like, damn. They, they took away my shot of doing anything. The next card. Uh, I call this subletty because I, it's spelled subletty, but I know it's subtlety. You can laugh. You can giggle at me. It's too generic, too blue. Incarnation, ele- element incarnation. It's a 3-3 flash flyer. When subtlety enters the battlefield, choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell its owner puts it on top of the or top or bottom of their library, evoke, exile a blue card from hand. You know, it, it's a poor man's uh, force of will. It's a real poor man's force of will for, you know, creatures and planeswalkers. But the fact that it basically says, nope, no, 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 insane. The fact that this is being used in that elemental deck that I told you about, I saw this card played left and right, and this thing is the truth. I'll be honest with you. As a spirit player, I wish this thing was a spirit. This is one of the four, like, a four mana creatures that I would say in spirits makes tons of sense. Let's go. Let's do it. But this thing is the truth in elements, uh, uh, elemental decks. 
this card is insane. I I I didn't expect it to be as good as it is, but man, it's being used left and right in other decks as well. Now, finally, the last incarnation element is Solitude. Three generic and two, uh, two white. It's a 3-2, Flash, and Lifelink. Great, a creature that we need Lifelink, right? When Solitude enters the battlefield, exile up to one target creature. That creature's controller gains life equal to its power. Evoke it, exile a white card from your hand. We all know what this card is, right? We all know. It's a a sword to plowshare with legs on it. And realistically, I don't even know why we say with legs because realistically, we never play for it to stay on the battlefield to do anything. But the fact that if they play Ephemerate or we we get crazy enough to ever play the card and let it sit on the battlefield, it's insane. And I have to repeat it again. Watching Andre Seguera, the Spirit Master, play this card, okay, to play this deck, he just picked it up and went, boom, 5-0. It's nice playing with cards with true power. I hate to say it that way. He 5-0'd with it, and I'm like, oh, my God, the interaction's beautiful. There's a reason why he's a master. That's what I'm saying. But these incarnations, these are incarnation elementals, are free spells on bodies that allow you to do anything, and that's why I put it at four. And the reason why is, like I said, card disadvantages. It doesn't give you the victory. It sets you up for the victory. Now at number three. Number three in my modern's best zero or alternate cost is crashing footfalls. Now you're going to go, what? Come on, Dwight. Come on now. Now you're speaking nonsensical. You went crashing footfalls at three, but uh, incarnation elementals at four? Well, let's put it like this. Crashing footfalls is what gives you victory by turn three. These elementals don't give you victory by turn three. I've seen crashing footfalls get cast on turn two and usually when it's cast on two turn two there's a one one two one ones on the board or one uh i forget how it works or there's a total there's a two two and then two rhinos let me let me read this footfall crashing footfalls and i'll get in further detail about it ready oh excuse me suspend for four okay you pay a green mana Basically, at the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter. When the last time counter is removed, cast that card without paying its mana cost. Basically, create two 4-4 four, four green rhino creature tokens with trample. Let me, let me repeat that last part. Create not one, but two. That's dos. Four, four green rhino creature tokens 
with trample on turn two usually. This this is this right now is being used in cascade decks. This is one of the major reasons right now. If you're a spear player, you have right now uh, Chalice of the Void in your sideboard. You're either running four or you're running three. And if you can't afford Chalice of the Void, you're running the uh, Sanctum Prelate. You're not doing this for the incarnations. How many of you are actually using Void Mirrors? How many? I'll wait. I know some of you are like, well, you know, I am. Well, you're ahead of the curve. You may be one of the few people that are actually ahead of the curve. But realistically and honestly, no. No, 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 no. To have total of 10 power out on turn two, and guess what? You're smashing turn three. Y pobrecito. I feel bad for you. In the second spot, I selected Living End. Now I'm speaking nonsense, right? You're like, come on, Dwight, Living End at number two? How could you pick Living End at number two? Here's why, ladies and gentlemen. Out of all these other cards that I've mentioned here, how many of them are named after that? That has a deck named after it, shall I say. Oh, wait. How many of these cards have decks named after it? You're going to go, well, how about the tribal, ele tribal elements? Yeah, but that's tribe elements. This is living end. One card in the whole deck is based on living end. It's a cycling deck. It's a cascade deck. It's a deck that actually use as foretold and sometimes not even as foretold at all. Let me read it for you. Suspend three. It's too generic and too black. When, it, when the last counter comes off, each player exiles all creature cards from their graveyard then sacrifices all creatures they control, then put all cards they exiled this way onto the battlefield. So I hope you didn't have a whole bunch of creatures on the battlefield. Because if you did, they're gone. They're gone permanently. If you don't know how Living End works, basically it's a lot of big-ass creatures they, they use for one mana to cycle, to draw a card, cycle, draw a card, cycle, draw a card, cycle, draw a card. Oh, I'll probably living end. Now, all the cards that I cycled that are in my graveyard, oh, they're on the battlefield, and all the creatures that you had on the battlefield are in the graveyard, and you're going, holy crap. You want to talk about a full swing of damage coming my way? That's exactly what's going to happen. And the fact that you didn't pay mana for it, that it came in, it was, it, it was free, that majority of times this card is being like used for as foretold for zero mana, or the fact that it, it, your cascade cards that cascade into this for zero. Yeah, that's the reason why this is number two. 
this card is a monster card. I actually built this deck to learn how to play against it in the in the current in the current meta. Okay, at number one, the final, the only force of negation. It's a generic two blue instant. If it's not your turn, you may exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. You only get that zero ability only if it's not your turn. Counter target non-creature spell. If that spell is countered this way, exile it. It instead of putting it into the owner's graveyard. That's the number one flaw that many people have with this card. They don't exile the card. Now you're going to go, Dwight. Okay. Okay. I accepted Mishra's Bobble at five. I accept the, the incarnations at four. Crashing footballs at the crashing footfalls at three. Eh. Living end. Sure. I'll give you a two. Force of will at number one. Huh? I'm going to explain to you why. The reason why Force of Negation deserves to be at the number one spot in modern is this. This card, this single card by itself is keeping modern in check. You heard it right. I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for this particular card right now, Combo decks would be just winning out and out left and right. Because they're like, oh, what are you going to do? You, you can't counter nothing. Get out of here. You, you think you're going to be able to set up your board and think that you're going to be? Nah, get out of here, man. I have the victory. I'm the combo player. You can do nothing. Get out of here. I, I'm 5-0-ing. I'm winning this tournament. No, no, no. Force negation changes that it changed modern forever when it came out in modern horizons there's a reason why that this card is a hundred dollar card this is the reason why this card is a, between 275 300 300 in foil because this card is the only card right now if you think about it that sits there and says you're going to play a card you're going to play a non-creature spell well, you have at it. Go ahead. I'll wait. Are you feeling lucky? Like, yeah, feeling lucky, pal. That's why this card deserves to be at number one. I know many people go, well, you know, if you're in legacy, you don't give, you know, force of will the number one spot. And I might say, maybe. I say, maybe you're right. But I'll ask you, how many blue decks in Legacy are not playing Force of Will? The only reason why people aren't, don't, or do not have Force of Negation in their sideboard, I'm going to be honest with you. Is because this card's expensive. 
you know i know we both know hell the anybody else who's listening to this my voice in the background who likes magic the gathering they're gonna tell you straight up if they could have force negation and have a play set and every blue deck they had yeah they would do it and if they don't there's a bridge in brooklyn i would like to sell you it's great great views for freshwater views let me just tell you great for fishing and crabbing that's why force negation is the best card hands down keeping modern honest so let me break it down in my order modern's best zero to alternative cast cost cards number five mishra's bobble Number four, Incarnation Elementals. Number three, Crashing Footfalls. Number two, Living End. And then finally, Force of Negation. Hope you liked it. Hope you liked that right there. And thanks to my wife for bringing up the Olympics and making this my top five because of those beautiful round rings now uh in segment two i told you that i wanted to talk about bannings it's going to be something short and this banning announcement actually caught a lot of us by surprise but you know, we have to be honest this took effect july 16th so it just just recently happened july 16th of 2021 the book of exalted deeds is banned for creating an unending game state if both players control it and face faceless faceless haven now you're gonna go okay dwight what's going on here let me read you what the book of exalted deeds is it's a three white artifact legendary artifact so it's white 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 did i say that white 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 okay yeah legendary artifact at the beginning of your end step if you gain three life or more this turn create a three three white angel creature token with flying trust me that's not the reason why i got banned this is the reason why i got banned if you pay three white 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 not three generic just just pay three white, white, white. You tap it. Exile the book of exalted deeds. Put an enlightened. <clears throat> sorry, my throat. Put an enlightened counter on target angel. And it gains. You can't lose the game. And your opponent can't win the game. Activate only as a sorcery. And since we all know. That Faceless Haven is a land deck. I'm sorry, not a land deck. A land that becomes any creature type. It becomes an angel. Now, unless your opponent has some form of land destruction, your opponent can never win. Now, most of you are like, well, you know, too bad for them. Sucks for them. You know what I say? I don't consider that fair. I don't like it. 
Because if there's not enough of it out there to sit there and uh, change the board state, not cool. And the fact that, you know, if you have two of them on the, each upon the house, each, each individual has one, what happens? Neither one loses the game. So it's a draw. I don't consider that fun. I don't consider that fun at all. So I'm not surprised that the book of Exalted Deeds got banned in standard. Now, the other card that ended up getting banned is a card in Commander, Hole Breacher. Hole Breacher is banned in EDH for being too powerful in conjunction with draw seven uh, card... Let me repeat this again. It's a tough morning for me. Hull Breacher is banned in EDH for being too powerful in conjunction with draw seven and not being fun. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. I think this card is fair. Do I think... It makes sense why this card gets banned. Yeah. Because if you want to draw cards and someone's not allowing you, yeah, it, it, it takes away from the fun. But let me read to you what Hull Breacher does. Hull Breacher is too generic in a blue. It's a merfolk pirate and it's a 3-2 with flash. If an opponent would draw a card except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, Instead, you create a treasure token. You create a treasure token. Yeah, that that does suck. But last time I checked, there are three to four other cards out there that do the same goddamn thing in Commander. And if you're going to ban just Hole Breacher, why aren't you uh, um, doing the same thing... Uh, with these other cards i think it's like notion thief why aren't you banning that oh because the fact that it's a blow and a black and too generic if you don't like this card kill it counter it destroy the card but to sit there now now ban it eh. And I'm one of the few people that actually think this card is actually okay. I'm okay with it in the format. So those are the two cards that just recently got banned by Watsy. I don't know how it affects you, but there you go. Now the next segment, section segment three, I want to talk about Amazon. Now, I have to preface this and say it this way. I cannot blame Amazon proper, meaning the corporation itself. Can't. I have to blame the people, the third party, the third party people. Now you're going to go, well, Dwight, if it wasn't for Amazon proper, Third-party people wouldn't be able to sell their products on Amazon. And I agree there. I 100% agree there. 
So is there any form of liability on Amazon's behalf? Maybe. Do I think, you know, if you took up the court and tried to sue, would they get away with it? Definitely. But the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, I saw a video. Uh, you have a young man, I believe he bought a uh, a case of Time Spiral Remastered. And it was beautifully sealed with the Watsy seal of approval plastic around the box. And he cut it open. And when he opened the box, he noticed the, sl- the, the wrapping of each booster. And how it was sliced on the bottom. And these people didn't even bother having the common decency of being proper thieves to sit there and re-glue it. Because that's what most, most thieves do. They basically open these things up, take out what they want, put in the crap, and then use some type of glue or sealant to make you think, oh, I'm getting... A good booster pack. Now just imagine buying in a, a case. You're talking about what? 30 packs, 32 packs, 34 packs? In a box. And you just bought that, just got done buying six boxes. So you're talking over 180, maybe 142 packs total. All tampered with. All tampered with. And unfortunately, due to Amazon's policy with these type of products, it's hard to get refunds. It's hard to sit there and say anything wrong with the exception of the product was damaged. That's the only thing that you can say to potentially get your money back from these thieves out and out screwing you over on Amazon. Now, I'm going to say something that's very unpopular. And the reason why I say it, I'm going to say it is because the fact that I, I got caught up in this. I bought products back in the day on Amazon through a third-party person, and guess what? They screwed me over. You hear the system that I'm doing my podcast on? I actually purchased a different one, a cheaper version. And I I was hoping to set up my podcast six months ago. I started this podcast in January. I was supposed to, uh, sorry, yeah, I started this podcast in January. I was hoping to start it July of last year. So you're talking about, I was supposed to start this thing over a year ago. And this third party screwed me over left and right. Why? Because stupid me, I saw a product I saw it for a good price, and I said, you know what? Let me grab it. I want to purchase it. It's a little bit cheaper than me buying it from the the company who sells it directly. So I did that. And in the long run, it screwed me over. I lost money. So what I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, If you decide to sit there and buy a product through Amazon, 
I'm not a lawyer. I'm not your doctor. I'm not. I'm none of these damn things that you could put together to tell you. Uh, I'm not your dad. I'm not your mom. I'm not your brother. I'm not your cousin. I'm. I'm, I'm nobody except for a guy in the United States speaking his his mind on this. But do I? W- I personally would never feel comfortable buying Magic the Gathering product at all on Amazon because the fact that they won't back you as a a buyer unless you say it's damaged now I understand that you're going to go well Dwight it's more expensive at the LGS I understand that I understand that some LGSs right now are screwing over people like you taking advantage of people of you people players like you right now because guess what there's a worldwide shortage due to the stupid pandemic that we went through it's not right it's not fair but the only thing i can tell you is stop buying your products there find a lgs that will sell it to you at a better price and see if they'll ship them to you. Doesn't have to be your local LGS. If there, there's an LGS by me right now that we're selling Modern Horizons boxes for over 450 bucks. Guess what the player base did? They told them to pound sand. Everybody in my local area goes, mm, we're not going to do business there for a while. Until the, you know, they get their, you know, stuff in order. Mm-mm. And unfortunately, this this LGS didn't learn their lesson. Why? Because they ended up uh, in these the latest Dungeons and Dragons set, the pre-release. They ended up selling more pre-release sets, or uh, yeah, pre-release sets, more of them than what they actually had. And they didn't. Some of them didn't even fire because they didn't have enough people. You're like, hold on, how can you have enough and not have enough people? Because people had sat there and said, hey, you know what? I'll buy you for these boxes. I won't show up, but at least I get, I get my free, my, 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 my pre-release stuff. Not how it's supposed to be, ladies and gentlemen. You're there to play. You're there to play, not to sit there and get the, the, the stuff. Magic Gathering is about up and up and being honest and uh, being sincere. So... That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, do your favor, self a favor. Buy your magic, magic product, LGS. And if you can't find one near you, then, you know, call. Look around. I guarantee there's another state that has, you know, great customer service that they'll ship it to you. Well, one day. They're losing money if they don't. Now... Now that that shenanigans is over and done with, it's now time for the shout-out section where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, that creme de la creme. Did you make it? I hope so. Because I'm rooting for you guys and ladies every week. Now, in historic, I know I don't know whom you could be, but I'm going to keep on doing this. So if you 
decide to listen to the show and you go, hey, that was me. At least they know. At least you know you, yourself. It's you. On July 12th, an individual went first place with a mono blue snow build, and that was a platinum ring, mythic rank player. So whomever you are, congratulations, proving. Oops, wrong sound effect. <laughs> uh, where, where are these sound effects? There you go. So thank you, this mythic, uh, platinum mythic rank player, proving that, you know what, Spirits is the best in historic. Now in Pioneer, holy crap, you guys in Pioneer uh, are really, really, really kicking ass. July 12th, there were three of you July 12th, ready? 5-0 with a mono blue snow build. And this is Manolo, I, I said it perfectly yesterday. Manalakio, M-A-N-A-L-A-C-A-I-O, Manalacio, okay, Manalacio, congratulations, Manalacio, on July 12th, continuing, uh, 5-0 in a Simic build, friend of the show, Spirit Master, Andre Segura, congratulations, Andre, 5-0, Bant build, and July 12th, Magician Magical. Congratulations, guys, for proving that, you know what? During that day, you guys were kicking ass and Pioneer. July 13th, first place, Azorius build, Nortus. Congratulations, Nortus. July 15th, 5-0 in a mono blue snow build, Manalacio again. Now, see, notice that I'm able to say that. Manalacio. Congratulations, Manalacio. Same day, July 15th, 5 0 in a band build. Verishino Peruano. Verishino Peruano. Congratulations, Verishino uh, Peruano. July 19th, 5 0 in a band build. Remf. R E M F. That Brazilian. Let me tell you, he's just constantly kicking ass. July 20th, first place in Azorius build, Nordis. Nordis once again. You know what, guys? All of you. That's eight of you. Eight of you in Pioneer this week, kicking ass. Congratulations. Now in Modern, July 13th, went 5-0 with an Azorius build, Raging Pikey. Happy to see you back, Raging Pikey. Congratulations. 5-0 with a band build. The one, the only, Dr. Quella. Dr. Quella kicking ass using the band build. And then finally, July 16th, 5-0 in Azorius build. Ben Kill. Ben Kill. Congratulations, gentlemen, for proving the spirits is the best in modern. So, I hoped you liked this Olympic edition, my my edition where I discuss the best zero and alternative casting costs in modern. So, one more do I have to say? Do me a favor. Wherever you are in the world, be kind, be nice to one another, appreciate one another, especially the Olympics are coming up. Enjoy it. Watch your countries kick ass and do what they do. 
And remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you're playing Magic the Gathering and you beat your opponent, make sure they say, that's Bushi. See you guys next time. I'm out.